0: This episode of the Show Me Comic Cast is brought to you by Audible.com. Visit www.audibletrial.com showmecomics to download your free audiobook and start your 30-day free trial.
1: Season 2, Episode
2: 5.
1: It's the hero's journey of comics. Is this the adventure you've planned for me? Braving the winding road of geekdom. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. Sharing our advice. We believe that his example could inspire. People need dramatic examples to shake them out of apathy. And exposing our mistakes. This is all gonna end badly. Everybody has an agenda. Welcome to the show me comic cast. <laughs>
0: Listen to the Show Me Comic I'm Tim Pickerel, digital media producer for Show Me Comics.
1: And I'm Jordan Taylor. I'm a writer for showmecomics.com. I write comic book scripts like our graphic novel, Hafu, that's available now for $9.99. And also I write a blog for showmecomics.com. And I'm Sam Richardson. And I don't know how to write. All right, then you're going to have to leave because this is a special writers-only episode. Which we say that, but comics is a collaborative medium where the, the artist is also a storyteller. So this will benefit artists, too, because um, what we're going to talk about today is developing characters in in a specific way. But you're going to have to develop characters through how how you draw them, their body language, things like that. And I think you'll benefit greatly from this episode. What do you think, Tim?
0: I absolutely agree. I think this is going to be a really interesting show.
1: All right. So uh, one of the things that I didn't know as a younger writer was uh, how much prep work should go into you know, developing characters, coming up with world building, story background, stuff like that. I'm still struck by um, what I believe it was... Alfred Hitchcock said about filmmaking he said pre-production that's where all the effort should go he said by the time you go to actually film your movie that should be the boring part Mm -hmm. and it, it can be the same with writing and the reason he said that was because you want to spend time thought and energy on those things you're going to be filming you know that's what makes what you're filming great filming is just pointing a camera And uh, I'm sure some directors of photography would like to kill me right now. But um, same thing with writing is, you know, you're going to craft your actual words through a process of revision, uh, but you don't really necessarily, after you're done with your pre-production, revise that much. You know, I mean, the comics world does. They they revise it through something called retcon, um, but we won't get into that. That's a whole nother podcast. Uh, What I mean, though, is, we want to narrowly focus on one of those pre-production tasks, which is character creation. And we want to even more narrowly focus in on that, on giving your characters a personality type. Tim, have you done this before?
0: Um, to a point. Um, doing the research for this show, I, we discovered some actual certain personality types, which I might go back and revise some of the characters that I've created for the story that I'm currently working on. Uh, usually, when I'm writing characters, I spend a lot of time like thinking of their story and where they come from, right. uh, likes, dislikes, that kind of thing, um, what their passions are. I haven't, I don't think I've ever really taken the time to go into more finer nuances of the character. I feel like I do a decent job of developing, but after doing some research on this show, I definitely think I can do more.
1: Well, I remember one of the things I learned about characters, and we've talked about this on a previous episode uh, of the podcast, which you can go back and listen to a a more holistic look at developing characters. But yes, I'm a nerd and I used to play Dungeons and Dragons (laughs) and still would if I had the time in a gaming group. But uh, about that Dungeons and Dragons, one of the things that... It was almost like just one line on your character sheet when you were making your characters that said, you know, what's your character's alignment? And what they meant by that was kind of like their moral code. Uh-huh. And the reason for you picking alignment is because it, it was to prevent it from just being an all-out hack and slash, you right. know? It's like, hey, you know, we, uh, we saved this damsel from distress, you know, and, and eat, beat the evil villain... And then we kill the damsel! Yay! You know we're just killing everything. Right. Oh, and then the you know the local magistrate arrives. We kill him. His grieving widow comes. We kill her. And then we just take everybody's gold. Look how many gold pieces that we had at the end of the adventure. That's not very dramatic. <laughs> and so instead, you select an alignment because the people that would have done the task that I just described uh, those were. Super evil people, you know? So, but it might be interesting to have a person in your group that's a little bit evil, have a person that's ultra pious, and so they make some sometimes some bad decisions because, you know, their code means that they're uncompromising. So when you would play the game, you sit there and say, Hey, I, I tell the barkeep to get me an ale. Ah, well, the barkeep's too busy. He just shoots you a dirty look over his shoulder and doesn't get it. Oh well, then my character jumps up and punches him in the face. Hey, hey! Wait a minute. For alignment, you wrote down lawful good. That means you will obey the laws in you know almost all situations, and you're a good person. Oh, you're right. You know I wouldn't do that. And then you have to think of another way to interact with the story that's more in line with your character. So that's what we're talking about is um, by really zoning in on one facet of character creation. Now this is not the end all be all of your character. You know, they can be, let's say they're a lawful, uh, good person in Dungeons and Dragons, you know. Mm -hmm. But uh, when they were a little kid, their sister was killed by dwarves. So they're lawful good all the time, unless they see a dwarf. (laughs) Then they just go bananas. Um, But what I'm getting at that, that there's so much more things that will feed into your character. But that personality uh, type or alignment in the case of Dungeons and Dragons, it almost acts like a little bit of a, you know, like a governor, you know, to make sure that you don't get out of line right, uh, or that your character doesn't get out of line and keeps them acting more like themselves. So the, you know, I've talked about Dungeons and Dragons a lot, but let's say you're writing a group of characters and, you know, one's a bookworm, uh, one is, you know, a basket case, one is the preppy girl one is, is this the, the Breakfast rebel. Club. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the Breakfast Club is a great example of personality types. Now, those people weren't defined wholly by their personality types, but in any given situation, they would play more to their type than the other type. Right. Um, but yeah, let's say you have that group of people and they all go to a karaoke bar. Some of them are not going to sing a single song. Some of them are only going to sing a song that's extremely personal to them. And some of them are just going to sit there and rock out no matter what song comes on the playlist. You know what I mean? So uh, that's kind of what we're talking about. So by assigning in the pre-production stage your character a personality type, it kind of gives you that guide. So in your story, when your bookworm jumps up and starts rocking out to every karaoke song, you say, wait a minute. I remember in pre-production, this is supposed to be an extreme introvert, you know, that gets nervous in front of people. That's outside their character type or their personality type. Now, maybe you're trying to tell a story where they're, you know, that's part of the plot. Mm -hmm. That's different. But in those little tasks, it helps you to write a more believable character.
0: Or it could be that that's the bookworms equivalent of the dwarves that killed the sister and like, he's introverted except he really likes to sing
1: exactly which is which you'll be able to tell that story more effectively if when every other situation he still acts like his personality type right except for that one so it's very important to be able to uh you know immerse people in your world and not you know have that grinding sound that wakes people up out of the story like that character wouldn't do that that seems really offbeat with no explanation Um, so now that we've got that you know, kind of higher level learning view of it, or the justification out of the way, let's set up the game. So what the game is going to be is, uh, there are many different people out there with personality theories on what they believe are the different types that you can attribute to people, and you as a writer can make up your own. You know you could say this is an introverted karaoke jammer (laughs) and that's just your personality type but guess what every time that karaoke comes on they better be get up and be jamming so what we did was we selected a specific person's theory or people their theory on personalities and that's the myers-briggs theory of personality a lot of people are familiar with it Uh, guidance counselors use it employers use it Uh, there have been tons of books written on the subject but this is where they throw in some of those terms like introvert, extrovert, things like that, um, a feeler, those kind of things.
0: Much more different than lawful good and chaotic evil.
1: Yeah, whereas those were uh, you know, alignment and it was a more of a moral code. This is you know just a personality, which they can you could have a bad person with the same personality as a good person. They've just made different choices. So we're using Myers-Briggs, and they have a total of 16 personality types. So the game I came up with was I picked eight of those personality types. We're going to describe to you, the audience, what it is, and then kind of show you a little bit of practice of how you could apply that by picking out a reference from the comic book, film, or genre fiction world to say, hey, here's an example of someone who's written, more often than not, with that personality type. And that can hopefully serve as an example to our audience. Hopefully. All right. So, without further ado, Vanna, can you please bring all the Myers-Briggs personality types up on the board? And by Vanna, I mean Protocon in address. <laughs> all right, Protocon's got them all up on the board. Protocon, don't stand over that vent. <laughs> All right. Marilyn Monroe Bot. Yeah, exactly. Have have a little bit of uh, class. Decorum. Yep. So the first one that we chose, Tim, can you reveal our first personality type? Our first personality type is the Counselor. The Counselor. Protocon, let's get the Counselor on the board. Tim, please read the brief description of the counselor personality type.
0: The counselors are creative nurturers with a strong sense of personal integrity and a drive to help others realize their potential creative and dedicated. They have a talent for helping others with original solutions to their personal challenges. The counselor has a unique ability to intuit others, emotions and motivations, and will often know how someone else is feeling before that person knows it himself. They trust their insights about others and have strong faith in their ability to read people. Although they are sensitive, they are also reserved. The counselor is a private sort and is selective about sharing intimate thoughts and feelings.
1: All right. So that's that personality type in a nutshell. So,
0: and I apologize about my stumbling because there was a cat crawling on me.
1: <laughs> what personality type does that cat have? Chirk, <laughs> <laughs> Demon. All right. So with that description of the counselor, what we did was separately, in soundproof booths, meaning our separate houses, (laughs) came up with who we would pick out of the comic book world or uh, greater fiction world, and we're about to reveal that now. All right. Tim, who was your counselor personality type? My counselor personality type is a
0: comic book character, and he is known as Magneto.
1: Magneto. This is pretty exciting already, because my counselor personality type Survey says Professor Xavier, <laughs> 12 points. <laughs> so, that, okay, this is interesting. This, tell is already, me, this is already a good one. Tell me why you picked
0: Magneto. So here's the interesting thing about the X-Men. You have Professor Charles Xavier, who you think is the chief good guy. You also have Magneto, who was once his friend as the X-Men's chief villain. The problem with that is Magneto's not really a villain. Or he might be, depending on what your morals are. He's the hero
1: of his own story. He's the hero
0: of his own story. So, let's go through this. Creative nurturer with strong sense of personal integrity and a drive to help others realize their potential. What's he want to do? He wants to find other mutants, help them in a world that where they're persecuted by humans, and essentially make a better world for mutants in general.
1: Which is funny, because I picked Professor X, so exactly what you just said, minus persecuted by humans. I mean, he's helping them in that, but that's not his main drive. He's just helping them to help them. So right. you can see they they have very similar you know, driving forces, these two characters. What's next? They trust their
0: insights about others and have strong faith in their ability to read people.
1: Yeah, so one of the reasons... Is-
0: Charles Xavier has a distinct advantage of that because he can actually read people.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Which is, you know, that power links up with his personality type very well. You know, so you could have a character who can read minds, but they never want to do it, you know, but you notice a lot of Charles Xavier, when he goes to read somebody's minds, he's like, wants to get through their faux emotions that they're throwing up. He's like, let me help them by knowing what their real feelings are, right. you
0: know? And Magneto is, let me help them by showing them their true potential. Right. So, the other thing, I wasn't sure. I, I figured, because I actually thought about Professor Xavier for this one, too. And right. I ended up going with Magneto, because I couldn't tell whether or not Professor Xavier was actually introverted or not. Mm-hmm. So, what was your reason for that one?
1: I think I went more off just that nutshell description. Okay. Um, you know, as far as introverted, it's probably hard to find a comic book character that's very introverted. Um. Um, but I think on the personality types... it introvert extrovert is such a I mean go back to our karaoke example you know right the the bookworm that when he goes to karaoke he jams out I know tons of people like that like they're introverted 90% of the day but there's this one thing that they just explode out of you know Um, so the term introvert and extrovert I guess is just black and white to me too black and white whereas I chose gray okay professor Xavier
0: so here's the other uh, here's some other aspects of the counselor guided by a deep Guided by a deeply considered set of personal values. Definitely falls for both Both of those characters. Are intensely idealistic. Right.
1: And can clearly imagine a happier and more perfect future. Which is funny because I think we hit the nail on the head because that's really where a lot of the conflict in those X-Men storylines comes from. Two people... Extremely similar with two different goals.
0: Can become discouraged by the harsh realities of the present, but they are typically motivated and persistent in taking positive action nonetheless. The counselor feels an intrinsic drive to do what they can to make the world a better place. I think we've summed up
1: (laughs) both those characters.
0: Charles Xavier and Magneto very well. The only difference is Magneto feels that to do that you have to kill all the normal people
1: <laughs> <laughs> so when you, could you imagine the x-men writer filling out two character sheets putting the same personality type and then under their goals and passions uh-huh. section charles xavier's goal uh unite humans and mutants magneto's goal make mutants superior over humans right so two people with the same personality type Two different goals, you get two different characters, Mm -hmm. but that have they stay in character because even though they have the same personality type, they're still executing it, you know, exactly um, according to their goals. So I think those are two great examples for our listeners. Cool.
0: All right. So why don't you pick the next
1: one? All right. Protocon, please show me Mastermind. All right, I'm going to real quick read, what is the mastermind personality type in a nutshell? Masterminds are analytical problem solvers, eager to improve systems and processes with their innovative ideas. They have a talent for seeing possibilities for improvement, whether at work, at home, or in themselves. Other, often intellectual, masterminds enjoy logical reasoning and complex problem solving. They approach life by analyzing the theory behind what they see and are typically focused inward on their own thoughtful study of the world around them. Masterminds are drawn to logical systems and are much less comfortable with the unpredictable nature of other people and their emotions. They are typically independent and selective about their relationships preferring to associate with people who they find intellectually stimulating. I am willing to bet you and I have the same person for this. Did you look at my sheet? I did not. All right. Well, drum roll, please. I'll reveal mine first. For Mastermind, I have Donatello. Oh, okay. We don't have the same person. (laughs) That's good.
0: (laughs) Because I didn't go that way at all. Bruce Wayne.
1: Bruce Wayne. Excellent. So is that... Separate from Batman or is this the whole character?
0: I would say the whole character because he because Bruce Wayne is Batman more than he is Bruce Wayne.
1: You know that's a really a good uh, good choice. So all I mean, right. as soon as
0: I was reading that summary, it was like it this is Batman.
1: Let me go ahead and go through it and we'll say why we picked uh, each one. So analytical problem solvers eager to improve systems and processes with their innovative ideas. I felt uh, Donatello is always, you know, they're they're hanging around being teenagers or whatever, and Donatello is always stumbling out. Hey, guys, look what I did to the turtle, you know, van or whatever. I right. added this new feature, and they're th- probably thinking, didn't we beat the last guy with our regular features, <laughs> you know? Um, and it just keeps going, or they beat a mouser, and he wants to take it apart, you know, and see what's going on.
0: Bruce Wayne, by virtue of his bat cave and everything, every kind of bat gadget and utility belt. I mean, almost exactly the same thing as you described with Donatello.
1: So they approach life by analyzing the theory behind what they see and are typically focused inward on their own thoughtful study of the world around them. I feel like, uh, Donatello didn't get embroiled in a lot of political stuff. Like the, you know, Raphael and Leonardo always has their feud for kind of the, the top guy mm-hmm. and Michelangelo a lot of times seemed like he would jump in there and kind of, you know, try to crack a joke to calm him down or something like that. But Donatello almost seemed really removed for, from any of the struggle. You know, he was never really feuding with splinter. And one thing you got to understand about comic books, there's so much material that with different writers, I think they inject different personality types. But mm-hmm. so we're, what we're saying is this is the amalgam, of all those different stories this is the personality type that stands out most right so it's not it's not a hard and fast rule uh what about you what was was all that again (laughs) uh typically focused inward and thoughtful study on the world around them that pretty
0: much sounds like bruce wayne's discipline to a t
1: they are typically independent and selective about their relationships preferring to associate with people who they find intellectually stimulating
0: Bruce Wayne might not prefer intellectual stimulating, but I mean, nobody that he associates is an idiot. But almost all of his, if he can even maintain a relationship at all, he has very few people that are close to him at all.
1: Yeah, I, I remember it's pretty seemed... much it's
0: Alfred. <laughs> like even he, he's even reserved. Oh yeah, towards he, Robin,
1: he it almost seems like he hates Robin sometimes. <laughs> like he just wants to backhand him. Or that famous meme, you know, just completely <laughs> slap him. Uh, for Donatello, I, I feel like what was interesting, and th- again, this is just my memories kind of getting filtered through the past and the mm-hmm. hazy. Now I'm, you know, haven't read as many Turtles comics or watched the TV show as much. Uh, but it seemed like Donatello was more apt to fall into like an adventure with a strange side character or sometimes even the enemy just because the fact that he found him interesting. Like, Donatello would be friends with Fugitoid, <laughs> but not a person so fast, you know what I mean? Just because um, those were the kind of people he found intellectually stimulating, you know. or He would probably enjoy the company of Baxter Stockman more than he would Casey Jones, you know what I'm saying? I can see that. Protocon, I think we're ready for our next personality type.
0: Okay, Protocon, show us the craftsman. The Craftsman? What
1: could that possibly be?
2: Alright.
0: Craftsmen are observant artisans with an understanding of mechanics and an interest in troubleshooting. They approach their environments with a flexible logic looking for practical solutions to the problems at hand. They are independent and adaptable and typically interact with the world around them in a self-directed, spontaneous manner. Craftsmen are attentive to detail and responsive to the demands of the world around them. Because of their astute sense of their environment, they are good at moving quickly and responding to emergencies. Craftsmen are reserved but not withdrawn. Craftsmen enjoy taking action and approaches the world with a keen appreciation for the physical and sensory experience it has to offer.
1: All right. Time to see if we pick the same person. So far, we're O for O. Okay. Well, I mean, as in... Actually, I guess we're winning, because yeah, we're not picking the same person. We're getting more content.
0: This is the this is one of the only two that I have that is not a comic book character.
1: Mine is a comic book character. Okay. So, man, we just spoiled it. <laughs> Spoiler alert, if you have a time machine, <laughs> go back, erase your brain, <laughs> and then start listening. Okay. Who did you pick? Sherlock Holmes. Good choice. Oh. They're thinly connected. <laughs> Tony Stark Iron Man. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, same actor in the most recent movies. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> so, they almost picked the same person. Everybody
0: on this could potentially be played by Robert Downey Jr.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Especially Donatello.
0: Let's go through this.
1: Well, let me tell you first. I thought it was really hard to distinguish the craftsman from the uh, mastermind. Okay. Until I got... To the end, so I right. start with the end.
0: So the last sentence that from, describes from from the in the nutshell. Yeah, reserved but not withdrawn, enjoys taking action and approaches the world with a keen appreciation for the physical and sensory experiences it has to offer.
1: So there, I felt was the distinction from the craftsman. The mastermind is happy to be withdrawn, mm-hmm. but the craftsman is. He's reserved but not withdrawn. So when it's time to do business, when it's time to build the Iron Man suit uh-huh. or improve it, right. he's he's fine with that. And he'll spend—he'll stay up for 48 hours or whatever, you know, Iron Man will, and, and work on a suit. Uh, but he's not against going out and living life, uh-huh. cracking jokes, going to those press conferences, you know what I mean? Having a relationship uh, with different people. So— that's where i got it and then the very last part was kind of enjoying sensory experiences we all Which know I, what sensory experience iron man enjoys i uh, guess yeah. that
0: uh alcohol <laughs> well on, on the sherlock holmes front his sensory experience is the senses in general
1: I yeah mean, well and drugs oh yeah I, I'm almost sensing the craftsman. You know, we both pick addicts. Yeah. <laughs> Which is interesting. Um, so maybe that's a tip for you out there, writer. You know, if, if you're writing a craftsman personality type, maybe you might want to consider an addiction.
0: Tend to study how things work and often achieve mastery in the use and operation of machines, instruments, and equipment. I mean, there's probably no two. I don't know if there's two people more analytical than the obsessive nature of Sherlock Holmes and then just the brain power in general, like the genius of
1: Tony Stark. Right. I mean, he's always making new suits.
0: hmm Especially in that last movie. There's uh, so many suits.
1: All right. So I think we kind of covered that. You know I mean? It's very similar to the Mastermind with some exceptions. So yeah. you ready to move on to the next one? We can move on to the next one. These have been interesting picks so far. I'm very excited. All right. Protocon. Please show me on the board the personality type known as... The Decomposer. I mean The Composer. This (laughs) isn't a Walking Dead podcast. The Composer in a Nutshell. Composers are gentle caretakers who live in the present moment and enjoy their surroundings with cheerful, low-key enthusiasm. They are flexible and spontaneous and like to go with the flow to enjoy what life has to offer. Composers are quiet and unassuming and may be hard to get to know. However... To those who know them well, the composer is warm and friendly, eager to share in life's many experiences. Composers have a strong aesthetic sense and seek out beauty in their surroundings. They are attuned to sensory experience and often have a natural talent for the arts. Composers especially excel at manipulating objects and may wield creative tools like paintbrushes and sculptor's knives with great mastery. All right. So... The big reveal for my composer, I chose from the uncanny X-Men with extra powers and extra long-lasting flavor, Beast.
0: Okay. I picked from the film The Big Lebowski. <laughs> Jeffrey Lebowski, the dude.
1: Oh, this is quite the interesting. Yeah, I don't think you could have two more different uh, composers, which I'm really glad about to highlight to our listeners the fact that personality type's not the only driving factor, but that it, you know, its currents run constantly through the character, uh-huh. but doesn't completely compose them. Right. So, I mean, no pun intended for the composer. All right. So go ahead and. Uh, Let's break this down. You can pretty
0: much read that entire, in a nutshell, sentence for sentence. Let <laughs> me
1: let me say that again. In a nutshell. So, gentle caretakers who live in the present moment and enjoy their surroundings with cheerful, low-key enthusiasm. I think the key for both these picks is the low-key enthusiasm. Right. So, like, when the dude's bowling, he's not going, Woo! This rocks! Blah, blah, blah. But he's, he's just kind of like, yeah, man. Like, very zen, very chill, very stoned. The part where he's listening to the sound of bowling pins on his headphones as he's he just the lays tub? on his carpet. Oh, on car- the tub, yeah. I think it was both.
0: On the carpet. Yeah, one of the two. Okay. Um,
1: but, you know, he just enjoys it. Very low-key, not bothering anybody, but just enjoying bowling, you know? And so, that yeah, that's a good pick. And then I just was always struck by the beast, and I guess a lot of it comes from the cartoon.
0: The 90s cartoon
1: yeah, but he would just hang kind of in the background literally, and then, when, and then when yeah, literally, and when called upon, spoke very softly, very low key, even when he was excited, he just always had that calm voice. Now, I know he's a comic book character, and I'm sure there's times where he flips out, but that was the low key part for me. Um, flexible and spontaneous, I like to go with the flow, uh, quiet and unassuming, and maybe hard to get to know. However, to those who know them well, they're warm and friendly, eager to share in life's many experiences. How about that for the dude? Warm and friendly to those they know.
0: I think so. I mean, except for Walter when he asked him if the car made it home.
1: That was (laughs) uh, Walter and the dude were like an old married couple. You know what I mean? Um, But yeah, he was very... uh, He met a lot of strangers in that, you know? And he was always kind of Facetiously an a hole, yeah. <laughs> but, but up front he was warm and friendly. Mm-hmm. And these are the people he didn't like or shouldn't have liked. You know what I mean? Like Jackie Treehorn, he's going, Oh, nice place you got here, Jackie, or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, he was really warm and friendly. And uh, I don't remember seeing a lot of be- the beasts starting arguments, you know, and no. stuff like that. When they would bring some kind of crazed person in that the team wasn't sure how they're going to fit the beast would you know come up and you know kind of take them under not necessarily under his wing but let them know that they're welcome in the fold right uh so the last thing i want to say about that is especially excel at manipulating objects and may wield creative tools like paintbrushes and sculptors knives with great mastery that last part of the composer is why i chose beast okay and uh, because the Beast, while having the genius-level intellect... Like, who in the Marvel Universe doesn't have a genius-level intellect? It's like, <laughs> it's like everybody's first superpower. Um, hey, but, who's,
0: who's the dope of Marvel?
1: But you would always see him quoting great literature and things like that. I remember a lot of lines where he would quote great literature. And it, it says it on his bio write-up that he's a lover of great literature, you know, and I just have to think that writing his own kind of, uh, goes along with that, but I can just see the beast doing like it in any given opening of a scene that the beast is in. Like they walk into a room and the beast is painting a picture or the beast is clipping a bonsai tree or the beast is hanging upside down, reading war and peace, you Mm -hmm. know, something like that. So it just seems to fit with that character.
0: Uh, as far as the dude goes, he actually has like some similar aspects to what you're saying. He uh he's not dumb. And he quotes famous people like Lennon. Right. <laughs> or he at least starts to. <laughs> right. Uh, he bowls, I consider that artistry in its own.
1: Definitely uh definitely can be, especially watch that opening montage of the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so we're halfway through, and I think it's time that we break for our commercial.
0: Take a quick break here to plug our sponsor, audible.com. You can visit www.audibletrial.com to start your 30-day free trial and download your free audio book, as we've said many times before. Uh, currently, I'm burning through Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series, read by the wonderful voices of Michael Kramer and Kate Redding, but I'm not going to actually recommend those books to you. Because that's 12 books, or 13 books. How many books is that, Jordan? A, a 12 million, or 13, I can't remember. Books. I
1: have, have fatigue.
0: But I'm going to let you in on a book that I got on Audible. It was by a, a person you might have heard of. His name's Kevin Smith. And his book is called Tough Shit. <laughs> and I will bleep that last part out, but you'll <laughs> get the basic idea. And um, it was basically a story of a lot of his creative experiences and a lot of life experiences, but really what it was, and it's read by Kevin and it is actually what inspired me to start wanting to do podcasts myself. And
1: it's one of the reasons why we're here today. All right, we're back. Protocon next one up on the board. We're going to pick up this pace as we go halfway through. So Protocon, please spray some WD-40 on your hinges and moving parts. And Show me, or show Tim, rather, the performer.
0: Okay, the performers are vivacious entertainers. I love the word vivacious. Who charm and (laughs) engage those around them. They are spontaneous, energetic, fun-loving, and take pleasure in the things around them. Food, clothes, nature, animals, and especially people. They're typically warm and talkative and have a contagious enthusiasm for life. They like to be in the middle of action and the center of attention. They have a playful, open sense of humor and like to draw out other people and help them
1: have a good time. All right. I would like to note at this point, halfway through, that we have not picked anyone that's the same yet. Right. I only say that to create a false sense of suspense for the listener. (laughs) So, now that you're on pins and needles... This one was really hard for me. This one I also found hard. So, Tim, who did you...
0: From the X-Men, I picked Iceman.
1: Ooh, that's an interesting pick. I gotta say, my introduction to Iceman was a video game, Uh so he had no personality. (laughs) (laughs) He just did whatever the Sega buttons told him to do. Um which was mainly just fly in and make an ice bridge for the rest of the characters.
0: He's very similar to a certain other character that I also picked, so we'll see what you got. Yeah, um, you'll
1: have to school me on Iceman a little bit. Uh, I've read some recent Bendis comics where he makes some really bad jokes, so... Mm-hmm. I picked, for the performer, the lovely Miss Harley Quinn. Okay. <laughs> All right, so let's break this down. How do we get two s- completely different people so under I, the same personality type? So when I hear
0: vivacious entertainers who charm and engage those around them, I'm, when I'm thinking uh, Iceman, I'm not thinking as much the current Iceman because I'm not that well-versed in X-Men anymore. I'm right. maybe 10 to 20 years ago for the most part.
1: I think you stayed Ice, pretty true.
0: Iceman is very similar... And personality I think to the Fantastic Four human torch.
1: Right, which uh, I kinda dig.
0: And he was who I almost picked, but I thought he might be too obvious and you'd pick him, so I tried so I went for Iceman <laughs> instead. Uh, boy, you were way off. I was way off and which is a good thing. But uh Yeah, spontaneous, energetic, fun loving. He's he's pretty much the Joker of the group. The villain Joker.
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> but, uh, I know what
0: you, I know what you mean. Serious when he has to be playful, open sense of humor, maybe a little reckless.
1: All right, let me break down my Harley Quinn choice real quick. So that first sentence hits it pretty good, I think. Uh, vivacious entertainers who charm and engage those around them. The fact that people like Harley Quinn so much, the readership, right necessarily she's not charming all the characters in the story, but she's charming the pants off the readers. Mm -hmm. Um, they're spontaneous, energetic and fun, loving, take pleasures in the things around them. She's always coming in, wearing different costumes, you know, and, uh, playing with different props, cracking different jokes. I mean, just, uh, really whatever role the sick, sadistic Joker has thrust her in. She somehow makes fun. Um, They're typically warm and talkative. That was the one that really helped me pick her because she'd get in trouble by the Joker a lot for, like, talking excessively to (laughs) Batman. (laughs) You know what I mean? Batman, oh, you know, this and this and this and this and Wham! Quiet. (laughs) You know, the Joker comes in. Um, They have a playful, open sense of humor and like to draw out other people and have a good time with them. Center of attention, all that kind of stuff, that's... It's Harley Quinn to a nutshell, and she, like I said, gets in trouble for it a lot. Yeah, I agree. So, all right, there you go. You can have the same personality type with two very, you know, take it in two very different directions, but how often does Harley Quinn stray from that personality type? Hardly ever. Yeah, how often does Iceman stray from that personality type? As far as I know, hardly ever. And that's kind of the lesson we're trying to drive home to the writers out there, and the artist, I mean, body language, you know. If you have Harley Quinn walk in and she's saying these lines that the writer wrote, but she's has her shoulders slumped, you know, and does not make huge hand gestures and things like that, my, it would come across a lot differently personality-wise. Yeah. So, just trying to justify our instruction to comic <laughs> creators out there. Protocon, next on the board. Is it my turn? Yes, T-? okay. it is your turn. Next on the board, we want to reveal the visionary. What is the visionary? So the visionary personality type are inspired innovators, motivated to find new solutions to intellectually challenging problems. They are curious and clever and seek to comprehend the people, systems, and principles that surround them. Open-minded and unconventional visionaries want to analyze, understand, and influence other people. They enjoy playing with ideas and especially like to banter with others. They use their quick wit and command of language to keep their upper hand with other people, often cheerfully poking fun at their habits and eccentricities, while the visionary enjoys challenging others. In the end, they are usually happy to live and let live. They are rarely judgmental, but they may have little patience for people who can't keep up. All right. All right, and by the way, we're going to link to this in the show notes, so you guys can you know pause and kind of digest these descriptions before you hear the big reveals, sure. uh, if you need to. All right, so I'm the in the hot seat for the big reveal. You are in the hot seat for the big reveal. All right, for the visionary, I picked the visionary. No, I'm just kidding. going to say, doesn't was... it sound like a comic book it character though? It's like, hey, right, do you mean vision? And I I said that to because for the visionary, I picked the Watcher from Marvel's Universe. Interesting. Okay. All right. So I'm guessing you didn't pick the same person that you said interesting? I definitely
0: did not. For the visionary, I picked Tony Stark.
1: Oh, is that the first duplicate on the
0: list so far? First duplicate, but different personality types.
1: Way different. So it's all open to interpretation. Let's break this down real quick. All right. Tell me why you chose Tony Stark. We're going to first hit up on their inspired innovators, motivated to find new solutions to intellectually challenging problems. It's I think that kind of goes with that say, saying. Uh, and again, a lot of these traits are going to seem similar because like I, I picked them for what? The craftsman? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. And on the craftsman sh- shares some of the personality traits that Myers and Briggs came up with. Uh, that the visionary has, but you'll see it diverge later here. They are curious and clever and seek to comprehend the people, systems, and principles around them. Open minded and unconventional, visionaries want to analyze, understand, and influence other people.
0: Mainly the last half of that sentence is why I
1: picked Tony Stark. Okay, for go ahead un- tell me what. For the
0: unconventional, and what, what was it all
1: again? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, unconventional, visionaries want to analyze, understand, and influence other people.
0: So almost all the time, Tony Stark wants to take charge deep down. So he wants to use his logic and his genius and his innovation to pretty much guide the rest of the Avengers. Right? Yeah, I can see that. So that's pretty off. That sentence. That's pretty much why. Why. I,
1: uh, use Tony Stark for that one. The bulk of that sentence is also why I chose The Watcher. I mean, open-minded and unconventional. They want to analyze and understand other people.
0: That, that, yeah, that's that's the, all he
1: does. <laughs> <laughs> that's what their race of people... They just go to from planet to planet, galaxy to galaxy. They're super open-minded. They'll go to any planet, any galaxy... And they just kind of want to analyze it. But you know you don't want to be around when you see (laughs) them. Right. (laughs) Because something probably followed it there. Um, All right. So let's move on real quick to enjoy playing with ideas and especially like to banter with others. That seems like Tony Tony Stark. Stark. Yeah. They use their quick wit and command of language.
0: Tony Stark. Tony
1: Stark. Um, But here's where I think we get into deep Watcher territory. While they enjoy challenging others, in the end, they are usually happy to live and let live. We know in the Watchers race background, they uh, one of their very first encounters, they meddled. Mm-hmm. It ended badly, and they decided, we're becoming a watching race. We are not going to meddle. Even though they meddle all the time. <laughs> <laughs> through having heroes fight villains, but... Uh, yeah, usually happy to live it, live and let live, but they enjoy challenging others by saying, Hey, guess what? We're here, and guess what? Here's, you know, what's coming at you. Um, or here's a problem out in the, you know, that you guys could solve. We're not going to solve it, but you guys could solve it, you know. So they, they definitely challenge others, um, and are rarely judgmental, but they have little patience for people who can't keep up. That kind of ventures back into Tony Stark yep. territory, would you say? I think so. I mean, um, uh, what's an example of when this personality type guided him if and we're his, if do you want to use movies yeah as an i'm example? gonna use the
0: movie for this one the biggest thing is the difference between the interaction between in the avengers movie the difference in interaction between him and bruce banner to him and captain america
1: yeah that's a really good uh good point
0: also in the third movie he does kind of
1: keep uh, treat captain america like he's a He's dumb. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, And spoiler alert for the third movie when he encounters the kid. Like he teases the kid a little bit and banters with him, but he also respects the kid.
1: Right. For his intelligence. That's a good point. So uh, again, as a writer out there, you're seeing like, you know, uh, let's pick two different people. Let's pick Tony Stark and let's pick uh, Donatello. They both meet that little kid. They're going to interact a lot differently with that little kid. You know what I mean? You might not get the witty banter out of Donatello, right. but you're going to get the respect and the, hey, let's go look at this together kind of thing, you know? Because um, he wants to, you know, involve people in his intellectual interests. Donatello does, yeah. you know? Whereas Tony Stark's is kind of like, ah, oh, yeah, you're going to be a great guy someday, you know, but you're not me yet <laughs> kind of thing. Um, all right. We're down to the home stretch. We have two more. All right. Next up, let's do. The Provider.
0: Providers are conscientious... conscientious, How do you say that
1: word? Conscientious.
0: Conscientious. My tongue just stumbles over. All right, so
2: you
1: say providers are... I'll say conscientious. Providers are... Conscientious.
0: Helpers, sensitive to the needs in others, and energetically dedicated to their responsibilities. They are highly attuned to their emotional environment and attentive to both the feelings of others and the perceptions others have of them. Providers like a sense of harmony and cooperation around them and are eager to please and provide. Providers value loyalty and tradition and usually make their family and friends top priority. They are generous with their time, effort, and emotions. They often take on the concerns of others as if they were their own and will attempt to put their significant organizational talents to use to bring order to other people's lives.
1: All right. I am super stoked for this big review. Okay. It better not be Orko. No, it's definitely <laughs> not Orko. I don't think yours is actually Orko either, so... We shall see. Mine is Captain America. That's a good one. That is a good one. Mine is from the same universe. Okay. So it could be anybody. (laughs) (laughs) It is... Invisible Girl herself, Sue Storm.
0: Okay, interesting.
1: All right. So...
0: I picked Captain America more off of a gut feeling instead of my actual familiarity with Captain America because I'm not a big Captain America reader. My only real exposure to him is a little bit of the Civil War comic book arc All right. and the movie.
1: Well, I think we can kind of not breeze through this one as, and we're trying to pass it up, but I think we can hit some real good high points real quick. So hit your high points why you picked Captain America since you said it was a gut feeling.
0: Uh, sensitive to the needs of others. And energetically dedicated to their responsibilities.
1: All right. How would that apply to him what he does?
0: He's Captain America. <laughs> <laughs>
1: he,
0: he, He's very dedicated to his responsibilities of being the driving force of good, for the most part. Right. Uh, justice. Doing what's right, even if it's not... In the Civil War, doing what he considers to be the right thing for liberty, even if it's not necessarily legal, fighting against the Registration Act and that kind of thing. Um, lost my spot. Highly attuned to their emotional environment, attentive to both the feelings of others and perceptions others have of them. That's not really my high point. I just kind of glossed over that one. I don't think it's necessarily not true, but... A uh, sense of harmony and cooperation around them, eager to please and provide. He is the leader of the Avengers. Well, what I was going to
1: say, too, is he's the glue of the Avengers. Right. Like, he's not always even the leader, but he seems to be able to, hey, you're getting a little bit out of shape. Let me remind you, you know, hey, you, oh, Hulk it is a different challenge than Thor. Thor, let me, you know, he's the glue that keeps them all and that's his personality type as a provider he's providing for everybody's needs that which are very different within the group for them to be able to still identify as a group, if, right. that, if any of that actually made sense, no, what I, I just I'm said. following
0: you. And then my last uh, big highlight is often takes the concern of others as if they were their own, and will attempt to put their significant organizational talents to use in order to bring order to other people's lives. He's a super soldier, and he's pretty much the paragon for good. So I think that fits right pretty well. Now, Sue Storm, I'm not that familiar with so. uh,
1: Sue Storm. Here's why I picked her. This is a high level view. So the provider is very analogous to any sort of family figure, whether that's a grandmother that had to raise her grandchildren by herself, a mother-father, you know, anybody who had to provide that family figure role. Uh, The reason I picked Sue Storm is because she's like the only person in comics I could think of that is not only allowed to be a family type, but is also celebrated for it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, her wedding is like a a great moment in Marvel history, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah,
0: Reed Richards and Sue Storm didn't have to sell their marriage to the devil.
1: (laughs) Exactly. So, and then they've had, you know, lots of stories written and especially recently about that family dynamic. They've had children. Sometimes that didn't turn out so well. (laughs) Um, But, you know, all that is kind of like this final bookend of her character and personality type. Then you go in the middle of it and that's, she kind of plays that role within the Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. And then if you go back to one of her background origin type stories, she's been providing for Johnny when they were young. You know, so if you go in, you want to have that family dynamic within the Fantastic Four, she has a husband and a brother. Right. You know, she is like the ultimate embodiment in comic books of the provider. At know, least the in the family early days, she also
0: kind of like she was his sister, but he was also she was also pretty much kind of his mother as that's well that's what
1: I'm saying when you go back to her background. they lost their parents and she had to grow up real quickly and and become the mom so mm. she's you know not to paint her only with that brush, but she's kind of that quintessential mom big sister figure in a positive light mm. in the comic book world so that's why I picked her and it you can see it drive her character that yeah. personality type all right cool. Just one left. Just one left. This it's is, and all on you. What are we over uh, O 0 or <laughs> seven for seven? Either way you want to. Either
0: way you want to do it. So far we it. haven't. Uh...
1: All right. So let's see if this last one we pick the same person, which I have to the alert myself. I think I already know that we're not going to. Okay. Um. So the last one, protocon, Go. Is it my turn? It's your turn. Okay. Protocon, Show me then on the board. Our final personality type, the teacher. Alright, so the teacher personality type. Teachers are idealist organizers driven to implement their vision of what is best for humanity. They often act as catalysts for human growth because of their ability to see potential in other people and their charisma in persuading others to their ideas. They are focused on values and vision and are passionate about the possibilities for people. Teachers are typically energetic and driven and often have a lot on their plates. They are tuned into the needs of the needs of others and acutely aware of human suffering. However, they also tend to be optimistic and forward thinking, intuitively seeing opportunity for improvement. The teacher is ambitious, but their ambition is not self serving. Rather, they feel personally responsible for making the world a better place. All right. I'm pretty excited. I really hope what I think is going to happen happens. Okay. (laughs) Because it will be so perfect. But I don't know. The world doesn't usually work work out like that. If it doesn't, I still want to know what you think was going to happen. Drum roll, I will definitely tell you and the audience. Drum roll, please. I picked, for the teacher, Magneto. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> what I think is going to happen is you're going to pick Professor X, and that would be perfect. <laughs> Here's the thing. I almost did.
0: Oh, damn it. I literally It was literally one of my other choices, but I went back to the initial aspect, like the four initials that made it up. And I didn't know if Xavier was introvert or extrovert. Oh,
1: those damn initials. We already talked about this introvert. Well, you didn't tell guy. me that. When, before we,
0: before we, when you told me you played It would have been game. the perfect bookend. It would have. That would have been excellent. Well, at least you know that... It would have been X-cellent. At least you know I was this close to picking him. Instead,
1: <laughs> right. I picked Superman. Ooh, that's an interesting choice. All right, let's start there. Let's start with Superman. All right. So, we've got... They're idealist organizers, Justice League. Yep. Driven to implement their vision of what is best for humanity. He often does have to speak for all of humanity, even though he's not a human. Right. Um, act as catalyst for human growth. Go ahead, why don't you walk? I don't know if... Let's just, just walk me through your choice. Okay, so
0: my high overviews were... Okay, so often act as the catalyst for human growth because of their ability to see potential in other people and their charisma in persuading others to their ideas. Superman is very much in love with his idea of not only humans in general, but in the old days, the idea of America. Right. And he believes in the potential of America, the potential of people to become greater than what Except they are. He
1: renounced his citizenship. <laughs> Did he? You didn't re- hear about that. I didn't read about
0: that. We should do a we should do a show all about oh, that.
1: Oh yeah, it was a uh, there was an interesting hubbub on both sides, but uh, and by both sides I mean extremists. Um, he renounced it because he was a citizen of the world now, <laughs> or something like that. Okay, it, I, I don't really have bones either way, but uh, it was interesting.
0: I don't have bones about much of anything. Really, <laughs> so. Focused on values and vision, passionate about the possibilities of people, just covered that. Typically energetic and driven, often have a lot on their plates. Who's got more on their plate than Superman? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, Tuned into the needs of others, acutely aware of human suffering. His powers pretty much give him that. Yeah,
1: that's right. He can like hear if a a, a child's getting a, a bad grade <laughs> halfway across the world. <laughs> C plus, C plus, uh, and he's like, "No, <laughs> I have to fly in this uh, term paper. I'll be right back." Now, here's the other thing.
0: Here's the other thing that's interesting about this because we, if we go back to the initials, like the reason I didn't pick Xavier because I didn't know if he was introvert or extrovert. Right. Superman himself.
1: Extrovert. Oh. Clark Kent and young Clark Kent, very much introvert. You know what's interesting about that is imagine now you're trying to write Superman and Clark Kent. You're mm-hmm. going way back. Nobody knows who either one of them are. And we were saying pre production is more important than the filming. That's it right there. You know, if they said this is one character, sometimes he has to change his clothes because he goes to, you know, save somebody. But instead, the creators of Superman said, Hey, we're going to make this guy have one personality type when he's Clark Kent and one personality type when he's Superman. And that makes him way more fascinating than if he just had the single personality type. You
0: know who else does that? He Man.
1: That is true. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, uh, you know, that's just because He Man knows he can't hold a candle to Prince Adam. So. He gets upset about it. It's also true. The only thing he's got. Just kidding.
0: <laughs> Prince Adam is still worst. Also, two worst uh, disguises ever. Clark Kent has glasses. He-Man has a tan. That's the only difference visually between the
1: two. <laughs> Basically, I mean, there's a lot more pink going on with He-Man. <laughs> Pinks and purples.
0: Ambitious, but their ambition is not self-serving. Rather, they feel personally responsible for making the world a better place because he has a lot on his plate. Right, He basically carries the weight of the world on his shoulders. Let me tell you Whether why I chose. <laughs> he actually really needs to or not.
1: Why I chose Magneto. Basically, I read through this. I'm like, man, it's very similar to Charles Xavier, you know. But then I was like, oh, substitute the word human with mutant. So let's do that in a couple times. Okay they often act as catalysts for mutant growth because of their ability to see potential in other people and their charisma in persuading others to their ideas. All right. It, all the times where... It, all the mutants in the X-Men storylines are very incestuous on what side they're on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's almost like a revolving door. Like, there have been good, supposedly, good mutants that have at one time been part of Magneto's crew, and then there are those that have normally been part of Magneto's crew that have sometimes been at Xavier's school you know what I mean but uh, I was thinking of those times where Magneto has actually convinced X-Men to join his side you know so um, see potential in others and their charisma and persuading them to their ideas and I'm like oh that's very you know it's interesting to think of charisma as an evil weapon Um, so let's substitute one more time They are tuned into the needs of others and acutely aware of mutant suffering. However, they also tend to be optimistic and forward-thinking, intuitively seeing opportunity for improvement. There we go. All this takes a whole different tone when he's evil. His alignment, the thing we talked about in Dungeons & Dragons, Uh so you can have alignment and personality, you know? Um, And then the last thing, they feel personally responsible for making the world a better place. Uh Well it's interesting like cuz
0: you're you just mentioned alignment and then I mentioned that he's not really a villain. Yeah. I mean and people will be like, "What do you mean he's not a villain? He wants to kill every human and make it a mutant only world." Yeah. But in his mind that's not evil.
1: He's the hero of his own story, you know? And and then I juxtaposed him with the counselor, who's Charles Xavier, which that almost fits exactly. The counselor and the teacher. What does the counselor do? Waits for people to walk into their office with problems. Kind of. So, oh, come here, trouble young lad. Join Xavier's school. The teacher is the master of their domain. They will instruct whoever, you know, needs learning. So that's what Magneto does is like, hey, you young mutant, you're just confused. You need to be taught the right lesson. Come here. I'll teach you my doctrine. Now you're an evil mutant. In quotes. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> in closing, Tim. That was fun. I thought it was a good time. Uh, hopefully, However,
0: now all the listeners know, since I didn't choose Professor X, you know that this show is not rigged.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> in closing, uh, what this was was, you know, an exercise to just display to you, the listener, the fact that these things can really be important for your character's And also to show you that it doesn't have to completely shape which character you are. That's the whole reason I had Tim come up with his stuff separately from my people. Instead of us just agreeing on someone and telling you, this is the person that exhibits this personality type. Because as you saw, we picked very different people, but we're both able to justify, hey, they stay within their personality type. It's those other characteristics, their background, you know their moral code, their goals, their passions, things like that that shape them differently, but we also saw that they didn't stray from their personality. Right. So it, I hope as a writer this has served as a productive exercise to you to kind of show, hey, this is a way for me not only to make sure my characters just don't step out of their bounds cuz sometimes your characters are going to grow and they will change a little bit and go out of their bounds. But a problem that a lot of young writers have is all their characters kind of act the same, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know. So you might have a group of characters, and one character's goal is to get um, a a hamburger. One character's goal is to get a quesadilla, you know. And one character's goal is to get uh, fried chicken, you know. And they all run up to this restaurant. I'm hungry. (laughs) So those are their goals, right? Very different goals. They all run into this restaurant and start screaming at the waitress, I want hamburger, no, I want no, fried no. chicken, no. I want quesadilla, you know. They all sound the same. That's boring to a reader. So instead, if one character runs up and goes,
2: I want a hamburger!
1: Then the next character walks up and says, You have beautiful blue eyes. And then the next character walks up and just goes, "Oh," And starts rubbing their stomach. They're all trying to still get what they want uh-huh. but in very different personality, you know, type ways. The one's screaming, the one's trying to, you know, put the moves on to hopefully get his food first, and the, the other, other one's, one's getting sympathy. Yeah, trying to elicit pity. So I mean, I think just in that last 30 seconds I demonstrated why you as a writer want to do this. Uh-huh. I think it was a, a clear-cut example. So if not Please contact us at www.showmecomics.com and tell us uh, why that wasn't a good example. But what I think would be really fun is if you go back, listen to this episode again, and every time we read the description, you pause it, try to think of your own character from popular media. And when you're done and you get a a character for each uh, category go ahead and send us that list. You can send it to us at showmecomics.com, uh, or you can hit up our Facebook page at Hafu Graphic Novel, or at showmecomics on Twitter. We'd be very interested to see who you came up with for these different personality types.
0: Absolutely. There's a lot, there's probably, let's see, what did we do, half of them?
1: Yeah, we only did half. So if you want to pick the other half and send us that list too, uh, like I said, the link to these will be in the show notes, and that would be cool as well. Maybe we'll do a follow-up episode. Yeah.
0: So, on that note, thanks for listening. We're Show Me Comics wishing you the best in your creative endeavors. And if you like the show, give us a review on iTunes and five stars.
1: And you can go and subscribe. <laughs> to learn more about the comic creating craft, including art, which we didn't hit on that much here, uh, go to showmecomics.com. That's comics with a CS because we know how to spell Goose Goose! Don't forget to tell them where to buy the 64-page full-color graphic novel. ShowMeComics.com, only $9.99. Plus sure shipping you, and handling. Make sure you follow us, tweet us. Uh, you can do that at Show me Comics on Twitter and uh, come to my gym and get really physically fit because I'm <laughs> Sam the Trainer. Who?
0: <sighs> at Twitter.